Wow. I haven't heard that intro in months, guys. It's good to be back for those of you who are uh, tuning in for the first time. I'm your host, Nick fucking Ginter, and you are listening to the new season of Degenerates Drinking Coffee. We left off last season on a somewhat serious note. I'd, uh, I ended up taking a few months away uh, from the podcast to focus on, on myself, which which ended up resulting in, you know, I, I think some pretty positive things. I uh, I completed some some paintings, moved to a place with 14 fucking foot ceilings, uh, which which led me to learn how to also fly a drone. I got one of those. I traveled a bit, learned a lot more about coffee, uh, and I've I've been continuing my mental health treatment as well as uh, again some referrals for for some procedures, which will hopefully help me out on that side of things. Uh, I also took a swing at writing and producing metal, which I haven't done in about a decade, uh, and I was able to write a, an extended play record titled "Forever Backslash Backslash Always" under the band name Caraway. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It, it's pretty fucking angry, pretty heavy, and definitely sounds like an album you could listen to before, like, on a shotgunning a rip it, kicking in a Taliban fighter's door and shooting him and the goat he was fucking right in the face. Let's see. Uh, I'm about to go in for nose surgery because I, after a brain scan, some homie finally realized I haven't been able to breathe out of my nose since my first deployment. Uh, with that being said, I will be getting my nose ripped off and replaced with a brand fucking new one. So if my voice ends up sounding weird after this procedure, podcasting might not be a part of the plan anymore. I should mention this to new listeners, but I'm not still in the army. I, I was. So at one point I was a non-commissioned officer, infantryman, and and walked with giants among men, right? But but now I'm just a mentally and physically broken husk of the human being I once was. If you want to hear my story, I highly recommend you go listen to episode 14 titled The Number 22. Finally, I got off all dating apps. That's something I've talked about in uh, other episodes before, but this was not because I found the special someone but because I was catfished by the same person three times in a row. Uh, I guess this doesn't happen to females that often, but these these profiles showed a straight-up dime, like with, with a solid bio and everything. Linked Snapchat, linked Instagram. I mean, it seemed legit. Uh, eventually, I realized a lot of the questions that this person was asking me were getting really weird, like, for instance, what's your mother's maiden name? So I just replied like, dude, I'm starting to catch on that this profile isn't real, but you definitely got me. Uh, I never reported the profile, just a match and uh, went on my way. Uh, no shit. I ended up matching with two, like two other fucking profiles just for them to be like, hey, man, I already got you, but this profile isn't real. Like they straight up fucking told me they weren't real. Like, you know, you're having bad luck when even the scammers are like, hey, buddy, you get a pass. I'm not even going to fuck with you. So, uh However, prior to uh, deleting my account, someone on Hinge added me on Snapchat and sent me a picture of just a middle finger with the following words. Just a tip. Maybe you shouldn't link your Insta on your online dating profile that promotes your podcast. It's my only Instagram, so I had to. Uh, In three painful minutes of one episode, I learned how much you don't fucking respect women or equality at all. Could also tell you have no fucking clue as to what human rights are or what it's like to lose them. So please kindly fuck off with it with a smiley face emoji. Dude, I don't I don't know what fucking episode she listened to, but obviously that's that's not me. Uh, uh, but but you know, 
obviously this person being a, a 21 year old middle upper class white female you know she she's obviously the subject matter expert on on human rights and definitely knows more than me about equality or oppression you know i i only saw how you know women people of different religions races and creeds were oppressed or killed uh, in Africa, Iraq, and Afghanistan, so I'm, I'm pretty much fucking clueless. So thank Magic Skyman for the for the woke generation of strong, independent fuckheads whose most traumatic experience has been biting into a fucking bagel that wasn't gluten free, or or I would be completely fucking lost. Anyway, I said gluten free bagel, so that must mean it's time to dive into some coffee. So this week, uh, I've got. A, uh, a a pretty sick bag of coffee from a company in Charlotte, North Carolina called Villain Coffee Company. Uh, let me start off by saying their vibe is absolutely fucking fantastic. They just seem relaxed. Like they they don't give off the impression that they're trying too hard to sell you something, and they're genuinely just interested in coffee for the love of coffee. Their bags all carry these cool fucking names like Uri Day, Illist, Wicked, and Money, and even their labeling is just cool. For example, I got a bag of of Money. And it's, it's labeled uh, as hood, as in what hood are you from, then Ethiopia, then the method is simply natty, and the roast is, quote, kind of light. Like, th- this company is simply like the embodiment of, of a cool dude who stole your girlfriend, but you're not too mad about it because he gave you a cigarette, bought you a few shots, and rode off into the sunset on his cafe racer while giving you finger guns and, and mustache air kisses to everyone he passes on the road. So while they do give off that, like, cool-ass, don't-give-a-fuck vibe, they, they actually do give quite a bit of fucks, and they provide a, a good bit of detail on their website. So uh, this bag specifically says, Money is the second East African show pony in our lineup, a natural processed bourbon variety born and raised in the well-known Yergachefe region. Money has one thing on her mind, trying to convince you she's a bowl of Fruit Loops. Raspberry and sweet cherry are glued together with floral notes for a mouth experience that never quits. This coffee is processed at the, oh, this is going to be good, the Wallachu Wachu washing station in Ethiopia. Okay, I got that. Uh, it was founded in 2017 and serves 4,500 local smallholder producers in and around the town of Harowachu. I got that one too. Damn, I'm on a roll. In the Yerga, Erga district of Guhi. Uh, I know that one's not right. In the Oramia region of Ethiopia, the average producer here farms on half a hectare of land and delivers coffee in cherry form to the washing station where it is processed as necessary. Natural lots like this one are sorted, then laid out to dry on raised beds for 8 to 15 days in sunny weather and 15 to 20 days in cloudy weather. So the region, Yergachefe, Farm, various small farm holders, variety, bourbon, typica, and process method natural. All right, now the moment you've all been waiting for, that sweet-ass ASMR uh, in a review. Fuck yeah. Jesus, fuck yeah. Yeah, that's fucking great. It does. It's like a bowl of fucking Fruit Loops in my mouth. I love this. It, this is so fucking good, man. I'm, I'm about it. Oh, by the way, the new uh, control method we're using. Jesus, this is so good. Uh, the the control method we're using for this season, by the way, is going to be the uh, the clever dripper. I uh, I haven't posted a picture of it yet, but I will. Uh, but that that's what I used, and this shit's sick. Highly recommend. What a fucking awesome company. All right, so now that we've had a delicious brew, it's time to move on to the liquor. Uh, new listeners, at one point, I did actually sample these on the show. 
but simply cannot drink due to medical concerns. So the bottles uh, I get always go out to someone in my community to enjoy. Right after I snag a picture for the old Instagram account uh, this week, sitting at 44% alcohol by volume, we've got an absolutely stunning bottle of Guild Chamomile flavored gin, which is produced by Watershed Distillery, who is uh, kind enough to share my picture on their page. So thank you for that. Uh, This bottle is a double gold and best flavored gin award winner by the San Francisco World Spirits Competition. According to the company, the bottle is a spirited collaboration between Watershed Distillery and Cameron Mitchell's The Guild House. Guild Gin is Guild, Guild Gin is infused with chamomile flowers after distillation, imparting delicate floral notes and resulting in complex aromatic spirit. In a complex aromatic spirit, man, I seriously might just have to uh, ask whoever I give this to to let me sniff it after they open it, because of course, that's that's totally not weird at all when when some random dude gives you a, a forty dollar bottle of liquor and then asks, hey, can I smell that real quick? So anyway. Well, now that we're all lubed up with those delicious beverages, let's continue. I mentioned that, uh, you know, I'm prior service, and it, it seems like getting out wasn't the worst thing that could have possibly happened because after the Army's uh, latest commercial, it, it, it looks like, you know, the, the lethal fighting force that used to be about killing bad motherfuckers, you know, is, is now more concerned about handing over our forward operating bases to enemies who have been fighting for decades, making sure the new dress uniforms are fresh as fuck, which they, they actually are fresh as fuck, uh, and, and administering, you know, critical race theory courses rather than, you know, critical kill shot classes to soldiers. That lo- that last class isn't, isn't a real course per se, but I do want to make a quick point to those that think the military is an equal opportunity employer. Okay, you ready? They're, they're not. <laughs> that, 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 that's simply it. They're, they're fucking not. They turn away people all the time and uh, have never existed to accommodate the people. I don't, I don't want to get uh, too deep into how standards across the Army specifically have been lowered, but, you know, just to talk about some pretty basic old fucking words, right? Some basic old fucking words that have pretty much defined why the Army exists. Uh, let, let's dive into them. So the Soldier's Creed, for example— which is a creed all soldiers, regardless of their jobs, are taught to memorize from the second they process into the military, clearly states, I stand ready to deploy, engage, and destroy the enemies of the United States of America in close combat. In simple terms, my job exists so that I can train, deploy, and kill bad people. Another example, the infantryman's creed, which clearly states, I'm my country's strength in war, her deterrent in peace. I'm the heart of the fight wherever, whenever. I carry America's faith and honor against her enemies. In other words, I will kill a motherfucker during war and train to kill a motherfucker in times of peace because fuck you, I win wars. So, anyway, just thought I would remind everyone that this new push for inclusiveness and woke commercials about a small-town girl living in a lonely LGBT world overtraining about the basic fundamentals of how to fight and win in combat is quite literally the reason senior and junior soldiers are leaving the fucking military. This isn't just my observations, though, and I'm, I'm in no way against the pride community. Uh, I, don't, I don't want that being uh, what, what you take from this. You know, I try to be as moderate as possible and apply, you know, the, the Alankis to, to life's questions rather than try to fit my beliefs into, you know, the categories of liberalism or conservatism. You know, I, I absolutely believe that you have the right to love uh, and spend the rest of your life with whoever you choose. And that, that's never been something that has shocked or unsettled me. However, what, what I find upsetting is that not only is the, is the veteran community actively watching from the outside as a rift is created within the ranks, but senior leaders are also reporting that new regulations, mandatory training, and indoctrination have reached a point that some are refusing to finish 
their last few years in the military before retirement out of fear that, you know, they're, they're going to be put, put under the microscope and relieved for some bullshit fucking reason. So what kind of like bullshit fucking reasons could I be talking about? Well, we already saw a Space Force commander get relief from command because according to CNN politics, and please remember, I, I pull from sources from the left and the right, but uh, they state that uh, Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lemire joined the Steve Gruber show to discuss his new book, Irresistible Revolution, Marxism's Goal of Conquest and Unmaking of the American Military, which alleges that Marxist ideologies are becoming widespread within the armed forces. He expounded on those concerns in the podcast. He said, since taking command as a commander about 10 months ago, I saw what I consider, fu consider fundamentally incompatible and competing narratives of what America was, is, and should be, Lemire said. That, that wasn't just prolific in social media or throughout the country during the past year, but it, it was spreading throughout the United States military. And I had recognized those narratives as being Marxist in nature. So we have a commander who wrote a book on his own time to, to highlight a concern about the military's push for critical race theory and how it clo closely resembled Marxist ideologies, and, and he was fucking relieved for it. Uh, in another instance, according to uh, a June 10th, 2021 article by The Hill, Senator Tom Cotton and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin tangled over the Pentagon's efforts to bolster diversity, equality, and inclusion in the military. The exchanges came on the heels of Cotton and Representative Dan Crenshaw, two combat veterans, launching a web portal for whistleblowers to report examples of woke ideology in the military. Cotton said that he and Crenshaw have received several hundred whistleblower complaints. Reading some of what he said were those complaints at a Senate Armed Services Committee hearing where Austin was testifying. At the committee, Cotton said, Mr. Secretary, we're hearing reports of plummeting morale growing mistrust between the races and sexes where none existed just six months ago and unexpected retirements and separation separations based on these trainings alone. And again, these are not my words. These are the words of your own troops. So that's that, that sentence just summed up what I've been talking about. The whole point of this small rant was to identify a key issue we're experiencing, which is that as we become more of a peacetime military, the ideas and experiments of senior leaders begin to take hold and they seemingly forget be a master of the basics, with the basics being that the military is not a social experiment, but a lethal force that's constantly being oiled and conditioned to fight and fucking win wars. You know, it sounds barbaric, but but I you know, I spent my my entire military career learning how to do one thing, effectively kill other humans with a group of people whose race, religion, political leanings, and, and sexual orientation weren't a concern, but rather how proficient they were at completing the task of eliminating a hostile force. Do I think that the military is an inherently sexist and racist organization? No, that's that's a fucking ridiculous statement to make, because th those factors do not do not fucking play a role in who you are as a soldier. Do I do I think that there's people in the military who are racist or sexist? Absolutely, one hundred percent. Just as there are those people in literally every organization and every society around the entire fucking world. However, I don't believe it's it's a fucking epidemic. I, I think this push for highlighting people's individual characteristics is creating the divide within the ranks rather than pulling people together as an army of one, if you remember those commercials.
Finally, I want to quickly mention a story I saw this week. I did just talk about, you know, training how you fight, Army being, you know, a well-oiled machine that fights and wins wars. But uh, the Oregon National Guard is facing some backlash after a perfect example of leadership uh, not recognizing when training is going too far. Uh, by that, I mean the classic story of when a situation arises that should halt training for the unit or an individual in the unit, but they carry on with no regard for the service member's welfare. Uh, according to a Terminal CWO, uh, this is what I found. So HHC 2162 41st IBCT out of Oregon really knows how to treat a lady right. Her unit was headed to Yakima, Washington for annual training, and they told her she was going unless she ponied up something more than doctor's appointments after she told them she was pregnant. She gave them a letter from her doctor, and they told her she could hang out in the armory while generously giving her two MREs, one for her and one for the baby. Uh, she told her NCO prior, but he told her to deal with it. Every time she asked her NCO, he says, I'll ask the platoon sergeant today. She contacted their lieutenant about food, which got her chewed out by her NCO for not giving the chain of command time. If you want to do AT at the armory, that's on you. The platoon sergeant is mad as well. Sources described him as a Dollar Tree M&M who told her, okay, you're still going. We will start your pregnancy paperwork there. Uh, no worries, though, because they found something to take her mind off, providing her fetus with nutrients. She's conducting a layout of the connexes as part of the inventory before they let her go to a different armory where there's more than one person and they have more than two MREs to live on. I think the exercise and lack of food will help with the first trimester morning sickness. So, you know, I, I, I didn't get in contact with their PAO, but if this story is true, then it should come as no surprise that, you know, service members are getting out faster than they're coming in. Between the latest social experiments and the rise of toxic leadership, you know, I, I'll just say it. I, the people that are still serving are more resilient than I'll ever be. It, it truly takes a strong individual to endure that kind of treatment and, and still want to put on the uniform every day. Well, I think that that about wraps this one up. I like how I said in the last uh, the last season that I'd be taking a step away from politics, but fuck it. You know, one, one thing I learned during my hiatus is that, you know, life is very limited. So while I'm still here, I'm, I'm going to say what I feel is, you know, right and just. Additionally, if, if you don't like the podcast, uh, you know, there, there's plenty of other ones out there that might be better for you. I, I don't intend on changing what I believe to accommodate a popular narrative, to, to become popular, to, to get a larger following, to get to get ads. I don't fucking run ads. I, I do this because, you know, it helps me get out of my own head, provides a perspective for others to examine, and maybe, just maybe, even help someone who feels like their voice isn't being heard. Uh, that being said... I'm glad to be back. Uh, go listen to my metal album at Caraway. Uh, follow the Instagram at Degenerate Drinking Coffee. And uh, don't forget to floss at least once a day. All right. Well, I'll catch you guys next time on Degenerate Drinking Coffee. Mm-hmm.